If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Wednesday, July 19th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain this morning, scattered thunderstorms this afternoon. Not as hot as it's been. That's good. High seven. Tonight, overnight, the clouds hang around low 70. Thursday, sun and clouds, high 86. If you're walking out the door right now, 71 and clear in Northport out on Long Island. 68 and cloudy in New Brunswick where it flooded yesterday down in New Jersey. And it is 71 and hazy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. 6 o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. You gotta love small town justice. I try to implore uh, to my kids that there are cameras everywhere now. And unfortunately... You can't get away even with the smallest of pranks or the biggest of crimes. Eventually, you're going to get caught and not suggesting they should do either of those things, but just warning them that the it's not like when I was a kid. So down to Lavalette. Lavalette is this, if you're not familiar, this beautiful beach town down the Jersey Shore. Some small time justice happening there. A group of teenagers walk into the Colonial Bakery, which is this great little bakery in Lavalette. And um, they go to the back door, the back screen door. They realize there's a back door and a front door. They go around to the back screen door and they steal a tray of crumb cake. And they they make really good crumb cake at this place. Um, and then just walk away with a tray of crumb cakes, uh, crumb cake. So it seems kind of like a simple break, but it is stealing. I get it. It's totally stealing. And of course, because there are cameras everywhere, they get really good, clear surveillance camera pictures of all these teenagers. We think they're teenagers. They look like teenagers who were involved in this crime of stealing a tray of crumb cake. So instead of going to the cops, because it is a small town and everybody knows everybody in Lavalette, um, you know, for sure, the people who live there full time year round. They take the pictures and they posted them on pace, uh, Facebook over the last couple of days. Within seconds, everybody recognizes these teenagers and they post their names. So then the Colonial Bakery goes back onto Facebook and says, all right, here you have. We're going to give you a certain amount of time to come forward. These teenagers apologize to us at the Colonial Bakery. Pay us back for what we lost in that tray of really delicious crumb cake, and we won't go to the cops, which I think is a great deal. So far, we're watching. So far, 
these teenagers have not come forward, but it's going to be awfully interesting to see. They should, because they don't want this on the criminal record just for a dopey tray of crumb cake. But the Colonial Bakery giving them time to come forward. When they do, we'll let you know about it. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The alleged Gilgo Beach killer is asking his jailers lots of questions. Big day for the MTA. Fair hikes and congestion pricing on the table. Israeli authorities want Donald Trump to give them back some items he was loaned. We know more about the U.S. soldier who crossed into North Korea. A New Jersey mom picked a wild place to go into labor. All right, let's get into it. 504 out to Suffolk County, Long Island. The search for forensic and physical evidence in connection with the Gilgo Beach murder suspect Rex Hewerman has expanded now to properties he apparently owns in South Carolina. The investigation also headed to Las Vegas. The sheriff's office, Chester, South Carolina, saying yesterday it received a request to seize a vehicle, a Chevrolet Avalanche. Authorities say at the time of Hewerman's arrest on Friday, the vehicle was located in South Carolina, apparently a key piece of evidence that linked him to this investigation. Authorities out in Nevada investigating a connection between the accused Long Island serial killer and Las Vegas. We don't know if that means there's bodies found out there, if he was out there for a period of time. They're not giving us all the details. Meanwhile, detectives back here in New York combing through apparently two storage units now linked to Hewerman using DNA evidence to see if he's connected to other cold cases. Investigators have said it is unlikely that just one person killed all 10 of these victims that were found by the beach, but they insist this probe is far from over. Heuerman's uh, arrest, of course, taking place last week. So lots of questions. So many. Uh, will he be connected to these other crimes? Uh, another big one is why did it take so long for authorities to ID someone more than a decade after these bodies were discovered? Well, here's the Suffolk County DA, Ray Tierney, trying to explain. If you look in the past, there really wasn't that uh that close working relationship, uh, and at various times uh, there was, uh, you know, the, the the task force model broke down, people left, you know, organizations left. So um, I, I think there was uh, interference from outside the task force. The task force was about the task force, and we didn't let any uh, outside political interference um, hinder the the task force yeah there's going to be more details about that i'm sure the married father of two of course behind bars charged with first degree murder deaths of three women maybe a fourth so he is behind bars he has been Hewerman talking to his jailers not a lot he's been sleeping a lot but when he hasn't been awake he's asked his jailers for details of the case he has had no visitors as of yet he is um secure in a secure area um, we have made special provisions. Did you speak to him? Did he speak to you? No, he was sleeping. Yeah, so a lot of times sleeping. Suffolk County Police Chief Rodney Harrison believes Hewerman's wife, adult daughter, uh, he has a son as well, uh, had no idea what was going on. Uh, that as neighbors telling News 12, they don't like all the gawkers that have shown up. Uh, and they're having nightmares about the fact that this alleged killer lived on the street. It is scary. I, the first night when I realized that he was from the neighborhood, it really, I really had a hard time sleeping. I couldn't sleep, and it did help to talk to people about it. Yeah, I don't blame her having a serial killer on the street. Investigators continue to look for trophies like jewelry, clothing, any evidence that can tie Hewerman 
to more than just the three, maybe four murders he is connected to. Of course, keep it here. 77 WABC for all the latest on the Gilgo Beach serial murder. WABC News Time 509. Former President Trump weighing in after news that he's a target in special counsel Jack Smith's criminal investigation. He says he is, I should say, into the 2021 Capitol riots. And they're in a rush because they want to interfere. It's interference with the election. It's election interference. Never been done like this in the history of our country, and it's a disgrace. Trump did a Fox News town hall yesterday in Iowa. He claims the Justice Department has become a weapon for the Democrats. He also admitted the latest legal battle bothers him. The target letter Trump says he received over the weekend suggests he may soon face an indictment in the DOJ's investigation, focusing on his efforts to stay in power after losing the election, uh, 2020 election. The White House, they're pushing back against the fact that they may be behind this. The White House says President Biden respects the independence of the Justice Department. He has been very steadfast on making sure that the rule of law comes back in this administration. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre there refusing to comment on the news. Donald Trump may soon be indicted. The president respects the Department of Justice, their independence. She dismissed accusations from Republicans that the administration weaponized the DOJ to target President Biden's number one political rival, Donald Trump, at least now anyway. House Republicans, they're not having anything of this. They're accusing the Biden administration of doing just that, weaponizing the Justice Department. The American public is tired of this. They want to have see equal justice, and the idea that they utilize this to go after those who politically disagree with them is wrong. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy there says Trump is up in the polls, and he claims the governor is going after Biden's top opponent for the 2024 race. House Majority Steve Scalise says the same thing. President Trump went up in the polls and was uh, actually surpassing President Biden for re-election, so what do they do now? Weaponize government to go after their number one opponent. They saw things that looked very alarming. They tried to dig deeper into it, and they were told to stand down. And in some cases, because they were told to stand down, statutes of limitation ran out. All right, 511, let's go down to D.C. President Biden hosting the president of Israel at the White House yesterday. This is a friendship, I believe, is just simply unbreakable. Working to bring more stability and integration in the Middle East. We've got a lot more to do, but there's progress. During a meeting between the two leaders in the Oval Office, President says Americans' commitment to Israel firm, ironclad, Israeli President Isaac Herzog will address a joint meeting of Congress today that will mark 75 years of Israeli independence. America's commitment to Israel is firm, and it is, uh, it is ironclad. WABC News Time 512. Let's go down to the U.S.-Mexico board of the White House. Condemning reports that Texas guardsmen were told to push illegal immigrants back towards Mexico into the Rio Grande. We saw those reports clearly. Um, if they are true, it is abhorrent. We're hearing again Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre there says the treatment of illegal immigrants uh, violates, if it's true, violates bedrock values. The report actually comes from a Texas state trooper who was working as a medic along the border, emails his superiors uh, that he was critical of these alleged orders to not provide water to migrants who are trying to get into the U.S. The human indecency that we're seeing, potentially, if this is true, is just wrong. We don't know if this is true, if the reporting is true, but it is uh, it is truly troubling. 513. This type of reporting. Oh, sorry there. 513 on the campaign trail. 
ancient artifacts sent from Israel to the U.S. four years ago on a short-term basis and intended for display at the White House apparently have ended up at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. This according to a report in the Israeli newspaper Haaretz. Uh, this includes um, ancient ceramic oil lamps, part of Israel's National Treasures collection. Apparently they'd been shipped to D.C. for use in a Hanukkah candle lighting event at the White House in 2019. For whatever reason, it was never used. And then when they boxed it up to ship it back to Israel, it was during the pandemic. And they were worried, apparently, that it would not be shipped correctly because shipping and everything was down during the pandemic. But now they say, according to this newspaper, that these artifacts have somehow ended up at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. The newspaper says it's not clear Donald Trump even knows that these artifacts are at his home. But uh, apparently Israel wants them back. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says he'll stop the invasion at the border and combat communist China if he's elected president. He was on the campaign trail South Carolina yesterday. Our enemies are wetting their appetite. You know why? Because they're seeing America take its eye off the ball. Governor was in South Carolina where he became the first high-profile Republican presidential candidate to file paperwork for that state's primary. When China sees... The Navy, for example, using drag queens to recruit people, they are laughing in our face. During a speech there yesterday highlighting policy proposals, DeSantis added he would reject Bidenomics and ensure a better future for our kids. A poll out yesterday was not great news for Ron DeSantis, but it is early on, showed him down uh, to Donald Trump, Donald Trump over him by some 39 points. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Uh, It's Wednesday. Look at that. Happy Hump Day. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy Hump Day and good morning to you as well, Noam Layden. The Mets opened up their series at home against the Chicago White Sox last night with a uh, 11-10 nail-biting victory. Uh, New York came out bashing in this one with a five-run first inning that included these back-to-back mashes from Francisco Alvarez and uh, Brett Beatty. Socks one to deep left field, right down the line. That ball is out of here. Francisco Alvarez clubs one into the club level. And the Mets of a 4 nothing first inning lead. Beatty drives one to center field. Robert going back, away back to the warning track. That ball is out of here. Back-to-back home runs for the baby Mets. Alvarez and Beatty, and it's 5 nothing New York. Those calls courtesy of SNY. Alvarez would homer again later on for the Mets as their lead would swell to as much as seven before Chicago stormed back with a five-run seventh frame that would leave them within two after tallying one in the ninth. David Robertson worked himself out of a gym to register the save and bring home the win for the Mets. They'll go for three straight wins tonight in the middle game with Chicago set for a 7-10 p.m. first pitch. Justin Verlander will get the ball in that one going up against Chicago's Tukey Toussaint. As for the Yankees, they had no success whatsoever to speak of once again last night in Anaheim against the Angels, losing 5-1. They only had uh, two hits on the night and another abysmal offensive showing one of which being Glibber Torres' solo shot that consisted of New York's only run. Things show no signs of getting better for the Yanks, who are 1-4 on their trip out of the break and are hitting a major league worst 2-17 since Aaron Judge's injury early last month and scoring two runs or fewer for the 14th time. They'll probably go out and uh, get swept tonight, no, in the finale against the Angels. That's set for 7.07 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch. That's a glum prediction on your part. Yeah, no, well, it's not. I mean, they just can't. 
Can't score reality. runs. Can't score runs. You can't win baseball games. No, hmm. that's the name true. of the game. This you know? is true. So if you're not going to go out and not score runs, and you're just not going to you're not going to win. And listen, uh, against a team like the Angels, who uh, weren't stringing together wins before the Yankees came into town, it's uh, it's getting a little bit embarrassing at this point. So this is horrible. Season's over for both teams. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, pretty. I mean, not 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 mathematically, really. I mean, uh, for either team that is, but I mean more so for the Mets. But the Yanks are still, you know, in it. Um, but they just don't look like a, a playoff team to me, at least personally, in my most humble opinion. Wait, you bring on football. Let's, uh, yeah, because I, I think the Giants and Jets gonna have some fun training season. camp yeah. next week. Oh, next week, now. really? Okay, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tuesday for the Giants, I believe. And uh, so, yeah, Yanks um, got the middle game tonight. Seven or uh, finale, I should say. Seven oh seven p.m. first pitch tonight. And uh, Carlos Rodon gets a start against LA's Chase Silces. That's your sports on uh, 77 WABC. No, I'm just not. WABC News Time 519. A U.S. soldier in custody in North Korea after he walked over, apparently voluntarily, between the borders of North and South Korea. Really unclear why. One of our service members who was on a tour uh, willfully and without authorization crossed the military demarcation line. Doesn't seem like that would be the brightest move. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin telling reporters officials are working to address the incident. They've notified the soldier's family. Reports say the troop was being escorted back to the U.S. for disciplinary reasons. And somehow he managed to slip through security, joined a U.N. tour, and then slipped across the border. We're closely monitoring and investigating the situation and working to notify the soldiers next of kin and engaging to address this incident. Yeah, well, they have notified the family. Its soldier's name is Travis King. He's a cavalry scout who joined the military back in 2021. At some point, he actually faced disciplinary action for assault, spent 50 days in a detention facility. First U.S. soldier to cross into North Korea since 1982. Of course, now he's in the hands of a notoriously autocratic one-party regime that hates the United States. He's just a mortal enemy. That can't be good. North Korea, you know, they might use King for propaganda. The only thing we have to compare it to, the last American known to be held by North Korea was Bruce Byron Lawrence, who crossed from China into North Korea. This was years ago. Pyongyang then had accused him of working for the CIA. He did not, apparently, but was released after a month after he was taken into custody. Uh, I have this strange fascination, I should tell you, with North Korea. Just I find the whole thing interesting and interviewed a guy, Shin Dong Hyuk, who escaped one of those detention camps in North Korea. This was about a decade ago, maybe more now. And he's thought to be of only one or two people who've ever escaped North Korea. He wrote a fascinating book, and I interviewed him, and we've remained in touch over the years. He now lives in San Francisco. But, boy, you should go read that book. And, God, uh, I'll think of the name before we head out this morning so I can give it to you so you can pick up a copy of the book. Even though it's old, it's really fascinating to hear what's going on behind the scenes in North Korea. 522, let's go back down to D.C., the Department of Energy pushing forward with proposed new regulations regarding gas stoves. And you might guess that's not sitting well with a lot of folks. Congressional Republicans hauled a key department head before a hearing yesterday. Peer-reviewed research suggests there is no 
casual relationship between the use of gas indoor cooking appliances and asthma. That's the committee chair you're hearing, Pat Fallon. He's from Texas, claims the Biden administration bending to the will of radical environmental groups. The hearing under the Undersecretary of Science and Innovation telling Congress that there is no ban planned and they're committed to consumer choice. We all know that these rules are a solution in search of a problem. Texas Congressman Pat Fallon, though, worried that this might be a mandatory thing. We have reduced our carbon footprint by over 20 percent in the last 20 plus years. Yes, yeah, so the hearings and the talk about these gas stoves and more will continue in D.C. Meanwhile, lawmakers examining the role of A.I., artificial intelligence, A.I., and what it will play in warfare. A.I. experts, they were testifying before a House of committee yesterday. The country that is able to most rapidly and effectively integrate new technology into warfighting wins. Alexander Wang, CEO of Scale AI, uh, he was telling Congress yesterday that the new era of war will be dominated by AI. He stressed that China is investing much more than the U.S. is on AI military applications, calling it China's Apollo program. And he says we're behind and need to catch up. If we don't win on AI, we risk ceding global influence, technological leadership, and democracy to strategic adversaries like China. It's hard to get your mind through around all of this AI technology, but uh, Wang says we need to and right away. China's investing the full power of its industrial base for AI. This year, they're on track to spend roughly three times the U.S. government on AI. 524. The disappearance of a 25-year-old Alabama woman still shrouded in mystery after she turned up alive over the weekend. Carly Russell's mom, Talitha, giving an interview to the Today Show yesterday that her family's prayers were answered when the 25-year-old returned home alone on Saturday and apparently was just okay. We tried to hug her as best we could, but I had to stand back because she was not in a good state. So here's the strange story. Russell had not been seen or heard from since Thursday night when she called 911 from a highway reporting a child was out wandering around. Her parents, along with police, they're not saying what happened or where she was, but Russell's mother says she absolutely believes there's an abductor on the loose. There were actual, actually just so many calls and texts from people who maliciously lied to us. I just didn't know people could be so evil. Not clear why they're being so quiet about this story. Carly Russell, the mom, again saying her daughter has been through a traumatic ordeal, but she wouldn't give a whole lot of details. There were moments when she physically had to fight for her life, and there were moments when she had to mentally fight for her life. 525, it has been a summer of hell for people trying to fly anywhere, at least for some. Some passengers aboard a Las Vegas flight to Atlanta fainted while they were waiting for takeoff due to extreme heat. The Delta Airlines captain apologizing over the intercom for the fact that there was no air conditioning on a day when it was 111 degrees. Well, that's nice. Uh, apologize for the situation being very hot in the back there. Yes, it was one of these things where they're on the tarmac. At least five people had to be wheeled off the plane. Travelers were given the choice to leave the plane, but it would take days, they were told, to get another flight to their destination. So there were some who said, I'll wait it out, I'll sweat it out. But some of those people who tried to wait it out and sweat it out fainted. Delta Airlines says they're investigating the cause of the situation and uh, they're going to compensate. Well, that's the right thing to do, the travelers who are on board. And talking about 
wacky moments with airlines. Federal officials now investigating after an airplane emergency slide was found in the backyard of a Chicago home. Here's the homeowner. So we weren't sure what it was at first. We didn't know that it was a slide at the time. So we tried to get it out as quickly as we could because we thought it might have been hazardous. Yeah, but then they get the kids play on it. Uh, Officials say the slide is from a United Airlines flight. It caused damage to that guy's home. This was on Monday afternoon. He heard a loud boom, then went outside and saw the slide in the garden. Now officials say the FAA is working with United to figure out how that slide fell off the plane and into this guy's backyard. You think it really could have been a disaster if someone had been hit by it. Now it just ends up being kind of a silly story, but the investigation on by the FAA. Just getting started on this early Wednesday morning. So much more to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. It is a big day for the MTA fare hikes. Those uh, subway, train, bus fare hikes on the table for discussion today. So is what the congestion pricing will cost us when they put it into effect maybe as early as next spring. We'll get into that before the morning is out. Uh, New York State now offering some financial assistance to all those homeowners in the Hudson Valley who were flooded out. In New Brunswick, they were flooded out yesterday. We'll get the latest on that. And uh, Meghan Markle and Harry, there's a story out this morning from a semi-legitimate source that says they might be thinking about divorce. So that might not be much of a shock to you. We'll get into that and more. First, this at 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. <laughs> It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Wednesday, July 19th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain this morning. Scattered thunderstorms this afternoon. High 79. Tonight and overnight, those clouds hang around low 70 and then thursday sun and clouds warmer high 86 if you're walking out the door with us right now so happy you are 71 and clear out in northport out on long island 68 and cloudy down in flooded out new brunswick new jersey and it is 71 and hazy here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the big city. A rally held yesterday by frustrated yellow cab drivers in front of the MTA headquarters here in Manhattan, where a meeting is scheduled for today to determine the pricing that it'll cost you when congestion pricing begins likely as soon as next spring. The cab drivers want to be exempt from any of these new charges. Drivers do not make money when they are stuck in traffic, they actually lose money. When you're stuck in traffic, somebody else is going to get to that fare before you do. Yeah, well, cab drivers advocates say passing the tolls on to customers, which is what they would do if they get smacked with these tolls, will mean fewer fares. It cost me thousands of dollars every single year when I'm struggling to take home decent pay. It's not fair. New York Taxi Workers Alliance estimates that without an exemption for congestion pricing, struggling drivers could lose up to $8,000 a year in income. It's a lot of money. Since 2019, drivers pay 250 per trip 
in a congestion surcharge on every taxi ride south of 96th Street in Manhattan. So they say, why are we going to get smacked with another one? Yellow taxis have also paid 50 cents per ride to the MTA since 2009. So the big meeting taking place, MTA headquarters today. We may get a decision on what congestion pricing tolling will look like and whether fares will go up for subway, train, and bus riders. You can almost be assured they will, just a matter of how much. 534, a worker in critical condition, but thankfully expected to survive after getting trapped in a trench in Brooklyn yesterday. Fire chief on the scene says it happened Flushing Avenue in Williamsburg. He was uh, working on the foundation of the building and some of the dirt uh, collapsed and trapped him up to his waist. First responders able to free that man. He was sent to the hospital, treated for serious injuries. Unclear what caused that collapse. Up to the Hudson Valley, where New York can offer financial assistance to so many homeowners, flooded out. It was a week ago Sunday from that damage to flash flooding, like once-in-a-lifetime flooding, let's hope anyway. Governor Hochul visiting Highland Falls in Orange County to announce the state's making $3 million available for eligible homeowners to make critical repairs, and there's a lot of them who need the money. Well, we're here to help, and we are reuniting our community to rebuild communities rebuild homes and rebuild people's dreams and their faith again grants up to fifty thousand dollars going to be awarded for things like electrical plumbing heating flooring repairs orange county's executive steve newhouse says there's about a thousand homes that have significant damage grants of up to fifty thousand dollars will be awarded again to cover emergency repairs that threaten safe living and i'm talking about electrical and your plumbing and your heating Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse says so many people have been unable to go home since these floodwaters came in a little over a week ago. I have about a thousand houses that have or structures that have significant damage from water and people are living in right now. I have 20 that are red flag, which means they should be demoed. Yeah, and that's not the only place where they've been having problems. Yesterday, boy, that rain that came in midday. It was intense. And uh, here in the city, as I was driving out, uh, it was starting to pond and flood a little bit. New Brunswick, they were hit really hard with flash flooding from the storms a little earlier in the day. While the waters have now receded, one local neighbor says the water hit so fast that she got trapped in her car. The rain was just a white wall. It was just thunder, lightning, white wall of rain. And then all of a sudden, just like a river, just pouring down the road. Cars were flipping over. All kinds of rescues yesterday being done by the fire department, the police department. Five kids, three adults had to be pulled to safety. Three homes had to be evacuated. Several people had to be rescued from cars trapped in the flooding. It happened so fast. Honestly, it was like the rain was just like a white wall. And then it just all of a sudden like a river just going i saw all the cars facing a different way and it just happened so fast and maybe one of the more frightening moments a woman says she left her home to, because it was starting to flood and she lost hold of her three-month-old son who slipped out of her arms and into the water uh, her husband says the baby swallowed water when he went under they rushed this kid to the hospital we tried to get details this morning before we came to air on how that child was doing but was unable to do so of course we wish that family well 539 let's bring it back here into the city mayor adams fighting for new york city to maintain control of rikers island a federal attorney renewing calls for the embattled jail complex to be under federal control just months after a report from a court-appointed monitor indicated the Adams administration was making some progress. <laughs> what happened three months later? That now we're, we, we've gone from, hey, 
real cultural changes, now we're moving to that we need receivership. Something just doesn't add up. A federal receiver does not agree with the monitor, by the way. Adams argues that he's the best person to finally turn around the Department of Correction and Rikers Island. I am the best person in this administration to finally turn around the Department of Correction. 540, let's go out to Brooklyn, a Brooklyn street co-named in honor of fallen NYPD detective Wilbert Mora on what would have been his birthday. This took place yesterday. The NYPD says Mora went to grade school at PS 319 on Keep Street, which will now have his name. So it is no surprise that this is where we chose to have a street renamed as it represents joy, love, and a story of heroism that will be shared for years to come. You'll remember Wilbert Mora and his partner Jason Rivera shot and killed while responding to a domestic dispute up in Harlem in January of 2022. Amelia Mora says the unexpected loss of her son is a void that will never go away, but she calls it great pride that a street will be named after him and will be immortalized in this way. It's a message to everyone that walks down this block, that a hero walked down this block, grew up on this street, and maybe some will change lives like Wilbert did. And the new NYPD Commissioner Edward Caban says no amount of dedications will ease the pain of losing Wilbert. He was there for the dedication yesterday. We are here to continue his legacy, to finish the work that he started, and to make sure that we never forget 541, let's go back to Times Square where we were telling about this story yesterday. Three teenagers shot in Times Square. This was about midnight Monday night. Tourists and New Yorkers say it was a wild scene when a gunman opened fire near the corner of 42nd and 7th. And uh, lots of people watched this. Lots of people, of course, worried who were in Times Square yesterday. Could this happen again? It was a lot of drama, a lot of police out here, a lot of ambulance. They have police 24-7, but it doesn't mean that you're safe. Yeah, three teenagers hit by the bullets right in an area that's dictated as a gun-free zone. Cops don't stop crime. Cops come after the crime happens. It was a little crazy. Well, it's a gun-free zone, but guess what? Unfortunately, New York is crazy. Yeah, cops say the teenagers were the target of that gunfire. They're going to be okay. The gunman, uh, he is still on the loose at this hour. And while we're talking about Times Square, after this shooting, less than 24 hours after it took place, Grammy-nominated rapper Post Malone held a surprise-free pop-up concert in Times Square. He drew about 10,000 fans to the crossroads of the world yesterday at about 5.30. They put some sort of message on Instagram and some other social media platforms that he was going to be there right before he came out. He actually did the concert from the top of a billboard, which was kind of cool to watch. Secret came out today. We were like, oh, God. Everything was very peaceful. Yeah, everyone was nice. It was pleasant. Everything went really smooth. I did. I felt safe. Yeah, people said they felt safe. There was lots of cops around. The show started about 5.30, ended about an hour later. Malone debuting some of his latest songs from his upcoming album. Yesterday, another story that was breaking as we came on to the air. Staten Island ferry workers 
called out sick. Not all of them, but enough to delay boats back and forth for commuters trying to get to work or back home. And Staten Island Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis says enough of this. She's urging Mayor Adams to finalize a contract between the city and unions representing Staten Island ferry workers. Some workers, those ones who called out, uh, messing with the commute and People who ride the ferry every day say this has happened a number of times in the last couple of months. And uh, if it's just a matter of nailing down a new contract and making things better for their ferry workers, they say, what's the city waiting for? They're telling me they can't let us in the boat because the boat is still close, but the boat is still here. This is unheard of. I can't believe this. Yeah, one of the many riders who was frustrated, who made it to the Staten Island ferry terminal, only to find out that they'd have to wait maybe 45 minutes or an hour to ferry to get across. Ferry workers, by the way, this is a story that goes back a number of years. We've interviewed interviewed some of these ferry workers over the years and they say that they're overworked and understaffed in a way they think makes it dangerous not only for themselves health-wise but potentially for the people who board their boat and they've gone back and forth with the city they say yeah they want to bump and pay but more importantly they say they need more people working these ferries and they need better hours they say can't be doing double shifts as often as they do we'll see if the city responds staten island congresswoman nicole maliotaka says she's going to stay on top of this 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Ah. And here's Justin. Ah. What's that? Oh, sorry. I was just clearing my throat. Oh. Yeah. Most people do that with the microphone (laughs) off. (laughs) That's fine. It's a Wednesday morning now. It is. You're right. You know, it's like the lull period of the week. (coughs) Yeah, there you go. Join me. (laughs) (laughs) Start with the Mets here. Gnome, we got uh, a winner on the evening. They opened their series at home against the Chicago White Sox last night with an 11-10 Nail-biting victory. Uh, they came out bashing in this one with a five-run first inning. That included these back-to-back mashes from Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty. The baby Mets. And he sucks one to deep left field right down the line. That ball is out of here. Francisco Alvarez clubs one into the club level. And the Mets have a 4 nothing first inning lead. Beatty drives one to center field. Robert going back, away back to the warning track. That ball is out of here. Back-to-back home runs for the Baby Mets. Alvarez and Beatty, and it's 5-0 New York. Those calls courtesy of SNY. Alvarez would homer again later on for the Mets as their lead would total as much as seven. Well, Chicago stormed back with a five-run seventh frame. That would leave them within two. And after telling one in the ninth, David Robertson worked himself out of the jam to register the save and bring home the win for the Mets. They'll go for three straight wins tonight in the middle game with Chicago set for 7-10 p.m. first pitch. Justin Verlander will get the ball in that one going up against Chicago's Tukey Toussaint. As for the Yankees, they had no success whatsoever to speak of once again last night in Anaheim uh, against the Angels, losing 5-1. They only had two hits on the night and another abysmal offensive showing. One of those hits being Libertores' solo shop that consisted of New York's only run. Things show no signs of getting better for the Yanks, sadly, who are 1-4 on their trip out of the break and are hitting a major league worst 217 since Aaron Judge's injury early last month, scoring two runs or fewer for the 14th time in that span last night. They'll probably go out and get swept tonight in the finale against the Angels, uh, set for 7.07 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch. If you're into watching terrible television, no, Carlos Rodon. Yeah, what's with Aaron Judge's big toe? Is it is it is it heel jet or no? We just haven't really heard much oh. of an update about anything in hmm. that regard. They just continue to um, think that we're all stupid and that we're not thinking about it. 
Huh. Yeah. But we're all counting the days, and we don't really what know what... What a stupid question Yeah, is. It was a stupid and, question. Well, we yeah. don't really know what's going on with him. But they, they don't have an explanation. And I, my yeah. theory is that they're just waiting to tell us that he's going to be after the season. They don't want to do that. Big toe. I just find that hard to be a real injury, but okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for a 6'8", 240-pound behemoth. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, I want, I'm out for the season because I have a hangnail. Right. Yeah. It, it's like the big toe. That, that's what's keeping him out of the lineup. All right. Carlos Rodon gets a start, though, tonight, Gnome, <laughs> right. against uh, L.A.'s Chase Silseth. Here's sports on 77 WABC. Thank you very much. And working big toes. I'm Justin Alec. Let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. Continues to be, of course, the Gilgo Beach serial murders. The search for forensic and physical evidence in connection with Gilgo Beach murder suspect Rex Heuerman. Expanding to property he owns in South Carolina. The investigation also headed out to Las Vegas, the sheriff's office in Chester, South Carolina, saying yesterday it received a request to seize a vehicle, a Chevrolet Avalanche. Authorities say at the time of Eurman's arrest on Friday, the vehicle was located in South Carolina, apparently a key piece of evidence that linked him to the crime. Authorities in Nevada also investigating a connection between the accused Long Island serial killer and Las Vegas. Meanwhile... Back here, detectives in New York continue to comb through his home, through storage units linked to him using DNA evidence to see if he's connected to other cold cases. Investigators do say, though it's unlikely, just one person killed all 10 of these victims found out in Suffolk County by the beach. But they insist that this probe is far from over after human's arrest. So lots of questions, so many, that we will not answer right away. But one of them is, why did it take so long to ID him more than 10 years after these bodies were discovered? Here, the Suffolk County DA, Ray Tierney, explains uh, his part, where he took over just about a year ago. If you look in the past, there really wasn't that... uh that close working relationship, uh, and at various times uh, there was, uh, you know, the, the the task force model broke down, people left, you know, organizations left. So um, I, I think there was uh, interference from outside the task force. The task force was about the task force, and we didn't let any uh, outside political interference um, hinder the the task force. The married father of two behind bars charged first degree murder, deaths of three women, maybe a fourth. So the jailers who are watching Heuerman, they say he sleeps a lot during the day, but he has asked for details of the case when guards come nearby. He has had no visitors as of yet. He is um, secure in a secure area. Um, we have made special provisions. Did you speak to him? Did he speak to you? No, he was sleeping. So many questions about what the family might have known, his wife and his two kids. Uh, Suffolk County Police Chief Rodney Harrison continues to say that he thinks the wife and kids knew nothing about that. Now, as, as neighbors telling News 12, they don't like all the gawkers that continue to show up, you know, tourists who want to see this home. She says, uh, this one telling News 12, it's been a nightmare since the arrest for her. It is scary. I, the first night when I realized that he was from the neighborhood, it really I really had a hard time sleeping. I couldn't sleep, and it did help to talk to people about it. Yeah, I bet it did. Uh, of course, keep it here. 77 WABC for all the details, the latest on the Gilgo Beach murders. 553, we're hearing that actor Tom Cruise 
reportedly tried to broker a deal between SAG-AFTRA and the Hollywood studios. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Cruz spoke with representatives of the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers and urged them to consider establishing protections against artificial intelligence. Cruz also spoke with reps for Hollywood actors and asked them to consider allowing the promotion of projects during the strike. No word of Cruz's efforts to establish some compromise between the two parties were taken seriously. I'm Lisa Taylor. This might not come as a shock. Rumors are swirling that Prince Harry, Meghan Markle's marriage, apparently could be on the rocks. According to page six, there's a report that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are taking time apart to heal and rebuild their bond. However, an insider close to the couple putting out another statement saying that any speculation of a breakup is untrue. Uh, this has been a tumultuous time ever since they got married, of course, and since he left the essentially royal family and moved to L.A., they've uh, been all over the news. The couple, they've been married for five years now. A wild story out of Yellowstone National Park. A 47-year-old woman gored by a bison. So many times authorities there, park rangers tell people you can't go near these animals because that they're animals the woman and a companion saw two bison and turned to walk away but one of them charged and gored the woman park officials say she sustained significant injuries to her chest and abdomen and was taken by helicopter to an idaho hospital the victim is from phoenix arizona i'm brian shook all right let's bring it back home newark officials laying out a 10-point plan to improve literacy among kids there mayor osparaka says the community approach developed in reaction to how children suffered academically during the pandemic. The outcome impacts all of us, so it will take all of us to get this done. This is a crazy number. In 2022, Newark's citywide literacy passing rates for all grades was just 27%. This plan, formulated by experts throughout the city, aims to improve reading among kids in kindergarten through third grade. Officials say they're focusing on these grades because young readers can develop a strong foundation and become lifetime readers. I think that's pretty on par. After third grade, you're, you're, you're reading to learn. And so if you, you don't know how to read by third grade, you're going to have a difficult time. Chief Education Officer Dr. Sharni Brown says the goal is to help young readers develop that strong foundation by giving them interesting things to read when they're younger. And we're expecting this to have serious incremental growth for those students who are struggling and definitely ensuring a good foundation for student, for young people that's just coming into the world. And finally... Maybe you heard this. Uh, Joe Nolan was doing traffic on Monday around nine o'clock talking about this mess around the Lincoln Tunnel. And nobody knew for sure what was taking place. But now we know if you are stuck uh, in your morning commute Monday, you likely may have witnessed a special delivery. Maria Marin gave birth to a baby boy just right next to the toll plaza at the Lincoln Tunnel. This was about 9 o'clock Monday morning. Port Authority cops, uh, uh, the car pulled over right outside the toll and uh, called for cops. Uh, the officer, Timothy Josevic, who had never delivered a baby before, was the first to arrive on the scene and realized right away that this woman was giving birth, so he was the one who was going to have to help her do so. I put my hands near the baby's head, and I kept instruction. I kept instructing, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, and the baby eventually came out. And for the first good five, ten seconds, I'm saying to myself, you know, "Please cry, please cry, please cry." 
and the baby started crying. This all took place, by the way, within just about three minutes. Healthy baby girl came out six not, six pounds nine ounces. Uh, I don't I don't think they're going to name her Lincoln, but um, the um, Joseph said uh, he never delivered a baby before. He'd been taught how to do so, of course, uh, when he was training to be an officer. But now he feels a little more secure about doing it. Nothing compares to the real thing. You can teach it on a screen all you want, but once when you're there, it, it's totally. A different experience. Yeah, baby and mama, thank God, are doing just great.